This is Indirect Kick. I know um, I came with lo- like a lot of O's last time, uh, but I'm gonna do- keep it special. When I get really yell, really bring like eight O's to the hello. But today you get a hello. It wasn't a terribly exciting week for soccer, but we're gonna talk about it anyway. Uh, I don't have Greg with me, but I do have Brian. Uh, Hi everybody. Wayne Wernie's hairline, aka the Premierless Wonder. Um, <laughs> Uh, we he was supposed to be on the show last week. We had a we had a scheduling mishap. Uh, we we mistimed our beer run, um, but he's back. We're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about the Premier League, of course. Talk about the rest of Europe. Talk about the U.S. But we're gonna talk about first um, a legend. You know, we when we talk about people who retire, we kind of talk about them like they're dead. But he's not dead. He retired. Clint Dempsey. One of the greatest, the greatest, yes or no, or not quite the greatest. One of, one of, we'll go one of. Okay, so you're still, you're still, you're still Landon then. I'm still Team Landon, yeah. Okay, that's fair. No, I mean, I think it's it's one 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 and one a, you know, one a one b. So I don't, I don't think, I think you can make maybe an argument for. I think I'm Landon too, but Clint's close. If if he's not, if they're not equal, um. It's tight. It's yeah. tight. So Clint Dempsey is tied with the most goals in, in U.S. history, which I think is what? One. He's at 57. Oh, 57. Goals. Yeah. 57 goals. Yeah. And, and tied I'm, with Landon Donovan. Right. So they're tied in goals. Um, he is the lead. He's still the leader in Premier League goals for Fulham, which is pretty crazy if you think about like the perception of Americans. Like, he was a legitimate star in Fulham. Um, he was like pretty much like their best player when he was playing there, or one of their best players. Um, and he was kind of like what he was kind of the guy who, when I first started getting into soccer, was like, "Oh yeah, okay, like this is the guy to follow. This is the gonna be the best player. He's gonna take America to the next level," which he kind of did. He didn't necessarily, you know, we always overhype Americans, and he was a great player, but you know, he never like became a superstar globally, but. You know, he's he really, you know, I think on a international level, Landon was better, but I think Clint Dempsey had a better club career, at least in Europe. Yeah, for he was the best American in Europe for what, like five straight years, probably. Oh yeah, for sure. More. Um, even more if you don't count goalkeepers. <laughs> um, he had he probably had the. Uh, Couple, some of the biggest moments for an American over in Europe. Um, you thinking of his first ever goal for Fulham against Liverpool back. This is way back in 2007. Uh-huh. Uh, his first ever goal for a Liverpool or for a Fulham against Liverpool saved Fulham from relegation. That was his. Literally, it was his first ever goal for Fulham. Right. Saved them from relegation, and he had my personal favorite goal by an American in Europe. Uh, during the Europa League against Juventus, that was in two thousand and nine. Yeah, I think two thousand nine. Yeah, well, I know 
They went to the final that year and they lost to Atletico, which we will talk about them a little more later. Um, but yeah, full yeah, he took well, he didn't take them individually, but Fulham was in the Europa League final when Clint Dempsey was there. That's how much of an impact, and he was an impact player. It wasn't like he was just on the bench. He was there oh, yeah. contributing. He scored one of the, like the greatest goals ever. <laughs> he scored like an amazing goal from like thirty-five yards out. Um, so uh, you kind of hit on your favorite uh, goal by Clint Dempsey. I think I want to go with the uh, twenty fourteen World Cup, the yeah. open, you know, opening, the opening goal in what like ten seconds, maybe even less than that. I don't know exactly, but. Um, where we had we were in the group of death, and I I said before I was at a bar watching an Arsenal game. And we the group just came out, and I was talking to like the bartender. He's a British guy. And he's like, oh, what do you think you guys' chances? What do you think you guys' chances? And I was like, hey, here's the plan: beat Ghana, get a result against Portugal, and then whatever happens with Germany happens with Germany. And that's exactly what happened. And you know we you know we wouldn't have won that game without Clem Dempsey scoring so early. It, probably would have been a draw if it wasn't for that that lapse in defense by Ghana just that great moment um but yeah uh he's a legend oh go ahead Clint Dempsey only American to score in three world cups uh nobody else can claim that obviously so that's a a big feather in his cap as well and he apparently he's gonna be drinking margaritas with Kobe Bryant on the beach I don't know if you (laughs) heard that quote um um one one I this is a tweet by um Ryan Hulhan or uh Hanlon ha- Ryan O'Hanlon sorry uh from the Ringer um uh Clint is this is a tweet says Clint Dempsey uh, signified two things uh two American soccer things um oh um, uh, sorry signified two things American soccer almost by design had uh he was a creative play- playmaker and a top level contributor from a low income family. Me and Juan Diego talked about this, but more from, like, a racial element of, like, Latino and black players. But it is true. Like, you really – it's very tough for a, a, a lower-income family to um, support soccer, especially you're playing, like, travel soccer and, you know, not – I think D.C. United is the only MLS academy that isn't that still pay-to-play. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just shows that if you give everybody an opportunity, you can, you know, find Clint Dempsey, you know, a guy mm-hmm. – Arguably the greatest American soccer player of all time. Yeah. Um, but we could talk about the future if you want. Um, because let's do that. We have um, we have some games coming up. The United States we're kind of getting back into action uh, since uh, we missed the World Cup. Um, uh, we're gonna play Brazil on Friday, the seventh. Whenever the seventh is, and then Mexico on that. Tuesday, next Tuesday, um, and a lot. Of, I think the most interesting part of the roster is that a lot of the big names like Wea and um, Josh Sargent didn't aren't on the team. Uh, they decided to stay for their development. I don't know. Do you have a feeling on that? Or do you think it's a good move, bad move? Well, so so Timothy Way is he's he's on the team as far as I'm aware, right? I'm pretty sure. Oh, I thought he. I thought maybe. Hold on, let me. I'm looking at the roster. Oh, he is on the. Okay, I read somewhere that he was considering not. Okay, never mind then. Um, forget that. I thought I read somewhere that he was not gonna travel with the team. I thought he was gonna stay with PSG, but I oh, guess I'm I, wrong. I hadn't heard that. I, I'm looking at the roster right now from MLS.com, and I mean he's there on the list, so I'm. I guess I'm wrong about that. 
But uh, Josh Sargent is is not coming. He's staying with Wonder Bremen. He's um with the B team. He's not gonna be make the trip. I know you're a big you're a big Josh Sargent guy, so you're probably a little disappointed. Uh, well, you say that, but I'm actually I think you could uh, you could spin it in a positive way. It's like, look, uh, Bremen was you know they're they're saying hey. We've got this guy. He's scoring a lot for our junior team, and we're going to try to integrate him into the, the starting lineup here pretty soon, or the first team pretty soon. Um, we'd like to keep him for this break. Uh, so hopefully, we we'll, this is a sign that we're going to see him in Verder Berman's uh, first team fairly soon, or at least that's that's what I'm hoping. I think that or that's the story I've been told um, from people in the know. Uh, so something I'm looking forward to. But uh, as for the guys who are on the roster, uh, obviously Timothy Way, you've already mentioned, is definitely the name I think I'm most looking forward to seeing. Um, it's a it's obviously like a super young team. I think like the most senior guy is DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, oh yes. Um, something like that. What is he you like? Know, like he's like 24, 24, 25 now, or is he yeah. younger than that? Well, I mean, this is actually, I think it's actually cool that DeAndre Edlin, I don't know if he's going to be the captain or him or John Brooks, but it's a, I think it's a good opportunity for those guys, the sort of next generation of leaders for the U.S. Uh, team to kind of take that leadership position. Um, and this is all hearsay, what I'm about to say, but I know, or what I'm about to say, uh, I think a lot of the younger guys, like your Weston McKinney's and your Christian Pulisic is, and Tyler Adams, uh, I'm not sure they always got along with, say, Michael Bradley, not to name any names, um, so I think... I mean, you can name names, Jimmy Conrad <laughs> named names. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that... I've read a lot of stories about how Michael Bradley can be kind of a pain about to deal with, and he's sort of uh, kind of a dictator, um, not that approachable, especially if you're a younger player. And I think the atmosphere is going to be – there's a reason all those guys were, were like uh, Bradley and Altador were brought in. Um, one, because we're kind of coming to the stretch run of the MLS season. Two, I just think uh, – the U.S. team is going to be young. They're going to be loose, you know, optimistic towards the future kind of attitude and bringing these guys, I don't want to say retreads, per se, uh, but uh, the older, more experienced players um, would kind of mess up that dynamic. Yeah, I, my, I, um, my sense of things. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, um, I um I think that like this whole year has been a basically since November whenever we didn't qualify for the World Cup has been an extended preseason. So every friendly we play, I mean it's a friendly, so it technically doesn't matter. But like yeah. really, these games have been really opportunities to see. Okay, well let's see what well, this guy in Sweden he's in he's getting buzzed. Let's bring him into the, the camp, or you know this guy playing for Columbus he looks good. Let's bring him in, or you know for example you know. So I think a lot of, that's it's an extension of that. Um. I, I have a bold prediction. I talked about it with you. You, you vehemently disagree with me. Um, All right. Let's hear it. Um, I have a feeling – I have no evidence of this. I don't haven't heard any rumors. I did hear somebody bring it up, but it was like basically they were also guessing. And when they explained it, it was like a total soccer show. I think Tyler would kind of uh, alluded to the same thing. And um, 
I think that I have a sneaking suspicion that Dave Sarkin's going to get the Uni- United States men's job. Um, I totally, totally disagree. <laughs> to be honest, um, I think there's no way Sarkin gets the top job. I think it's going to be an MLS coach or a current MLS coach. My money right now is on Greg Berhalter uh-huh. uh, with the Columbus Crew. Um, or well, what is the currently the Columbus Crew? You mean Austin FC? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he he's probably my first overall pick if I had to rank my choices. Um, but I think that just you know. I know he and Ernie Stewart have had a relationship in the past. Um, a lot of the noise I've been hearing on Twitter and from people in the know is that Greg Berhalter is kind of near the top of the list. Um, I would be pretty disappointed if they went with uh, Therakin. Not that I don't think he has done a good job. I think he has done a good job in a really hard situation. I just think... You know, he's like he came in with the interim tag, and uh, they've had the change in U.S. soccer president. They've had a general manager um, now appointed or elected. I'm not exactly sure. And that I think this new regime is going to want uh, a fresh start at the coaching position when uh, World Cup qualifying 2022 really gets going, or but definitely before the gold cup coming up next summer um and uh like i said sarah has done a good job i think he's put himself in the shop window for some other position down the line i'm not sure what exactly but uh yeah i just don't see him staying around on a permanent basis uh i have like i think taylor walk rockwell from um total soccer show made the argument that this could be, like, an audition. Um, you know, if you... Brazil game is probably not going to be... I don't even think either team's really going to take that game seriously, just going to go out there and kick the ball around. But the Mexico game, I mean, Mexico's Mexico, even if they bring their C team, it's still, it's still a rivalry game. I think if he goes out there and looks good with all these young players, I think I think peop, the argument is that maybe they look at him and say, okay, the players like him. Uh, they all say that they really like playing for him. Uh, he's been there for eight months. Um, he's so I I don't know. I I agree with you. I hope it's not him. I hope it's someone else. Um, I kind of agree that I think I think if it is somebody else, I think it will be an MLS coach. And you know maybe they're um, waiting because the playoffs are about to start. Maybe they'll just announce it at the beginning of the year and let the after MLS Cup. Um, but I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, I'm probably wrong, but I just have a feeling. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, do you have any more thoughts on the roster uh, at all? Like um, like a starting lineup or who you want to see, any particular player? Uh, I can tell you someone I don't really want to see, but although he has a good, had a good season in MLS, uh, is Zardes. I'm not a big Zardes guy. Uh, I don't know. I think I like Jesse Zardes. I think he's a good player. Um I agree. I'm not like the biggest fan, and I'd rather see Bobby Wood or Novo- Novakovic uh, instead of his artists. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not like a hater per se. Um, 
I think Bobby Wood is probably going to start. I don't know what you think. I, yeah, I think so. I think he's definitely the best forward on the roster right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what position, or I mean, what uh, formation are we expecting? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, so we have, we only have three forwards on the roster, so I think it's going to be, I don't know if you played just one up top, probably, probably just one. I think it yeah, I'm thinking be, one up yeah. top for sure. Um, maybe, I definitely want to see Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams in the lineup. Uh, I'm just talking purely players I want to see. I'm excited to see. Yeah. Um, those two, obviously, Timothy Weah, um, DeAndre Yedlin, and John Brooks. John Brooks, I think, is I'm glad he's back in the fold. I know he's been he missed a bunch of games from injury last year. Um, so it's exciting to see him back. I think he has a good chance of being like kind of. Like DeAndre Edlund sort of stepping into a, a more of a leadership role starting now. Um, another player I want to see or look forward to seeing is Anthony Robinson. He's at Wigan, but he's mm-hmm. on loan from Everton. I think he's been. I've heard nothing but good things from his uh, his recent loan. So, you know, hope he shows something either against Brazil or Mexico. Coming up, I know this Brazil team. I, I agree, they're probably not going to take it that seriously, but they are bringing a whole bunch of starters from the World Cup squad. So we're going to get to see like Neymar and Coutinho, which is going to cool. be good for the young players. Even if you know Neymar's going like thirty percent, you know, to be on the field with you know some of the players, you know, are playing. You know, I mean, some of the players are on loan at like second division teams, so they get to share the field with like world-class players so it'll, it'll be good for their development yeah 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 i'm looking forward to it um we have anything else on the, the roster no i think we can move on to ml uh to dc united um before we get there i do have a rumor that was shut down that i do want to bring up even though it's probably false but it give you hope about the save the crew there was a rumor going around that MLS and Dan Garber went to uh, flew over Columbus to look at stadium sites, and that Columbus was going to keep the crew, get a new stadium, and Frequent was going to get the Austin FC uh, franchise, which is unfair to Sacramento. But I'm not from Sacramento. I'm not Lady Bird, so I, I, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I'm not Paige Stoyakovich. Um, I won't name a bunch of Sacramento Kings, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, so that's a rumor. I they quickly denied it, which I don't know means like it's definitely not happening, or they don't want it out. So I don't know. So hopefully, it, I hope that's that seems to be the most fair thing to do. Um, clearly, I think the city of Columbus has been pretty clear. Like, yeah, we want to work on getting a new stadium. We want to work on a deal. Um, but I, I don't think that I think Precord really doesn't want to be in Columbus. So hopefully, they can figure something out where he gets to go to Texas and then. They can stay in Columbus. Did you see the Alexi Lawless, uh, not rant, but uh, monologue on Fox? Yeah, I thought it was dumb. <laughs> oh, really? You thought it was dumb? Oh, I, I just, I don't think so. Alexi Lawless uh, did like the halftime for, I believe it was it was it DC versus New York. I think I that's what think it, was. it was. Yeah, DC sure. versus the yeah. Red Bulls. He did the the halftime for that game, or like he did like a little Bob Costas thing at the halftime. 
and he talked about how he was the first part of his rant was I agreed with where he's like just rip the bandaid off and announces it's gonna happen. Yeah, Why are you selling yeah, season tickets if I... you know you're gonna leave? Uh, which leads me to believe that I think that they don't know what's gonna happen. I, at least I hope. I hope they don't know, even though that makes them more incompetent than evil. I'd rather you be more incompetent than evil. Because if you know and you're selling season tickets, you're just like, you're just an asshole. That's just a dick thing to do. Um, but the second part was like, give them a USL uh, um, team. It's like, that, that is not the solution to this problem. No, that, no, I, I agree. I agree with your analysis there completely. Uh. <laughs> Well, there's a so hashtag save the crew. Um, we can we can move on to uh, DC United. Um, it started off as a pretty bad. Well, I guess like week and a half because like the last time we actually did did the podcast. Um, yeah, it was a rough week. Yeah, it was, it was a, rough a rough week, week. until Sunday. Um, uh, we lost to New Jersey, the New Jersey Red Bulls. Um, one, I think that was one nothing, right? Um, these games yeah. are, they have so many games that are like I. I if I mess up the score or something, forgive me. Because there's like three, there's three games since the last time we talked. Um, but yeah, they lost to New Jersey one nothing, which is, I mean, not surprising. New York's uh, the Red Bulls are really good. Um, uh, but then we lost to Philly, two nothing. It looked ugly game. Yeah, it looked terrible. And I know Philly isn't terrible, but it was. We considering what we did to Portland, and I, I thought we should have had a better performance in that game. So going into Sunday, I wasn't too hopeful against going into against Atlanta United. Um, of course, we should mention that uh, Joseph Martinez broke the um, the MLS scoring record, uh, and there's like three months in the season left, um, which he might get like 40 goals <laughs> at this point if, I'm, he, if he scores. I'm for it. Yeah. I want him to be 40. Let's yeah, do yeah. It. I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm for it. Uh, he looks like he's getting looks from I think. Uh, Huddersfield is like the more, is like the most interested in him. So that, that that's good. He's kind of too good for MLS. He should probably head back to Europe. Well, I mean, you say that, but like, I know he was in Italy for a little bit. Didn't really work out. He was with um Torino, I think. Torino, yes, thank you. Um, Torino for a little bit. It didn't really work out. So. I'm not sure. He's in a good spot. He's scoring for fun, basically. He's got the team built around him. He's making pretty good money, I think. Um, I mean, he's got a good situation. I'm not sure I'd be in a huge rush to get out the door, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, so you had the mighty Joseph Martinez. Well, I, I always say the mighty is sarcastic. He's actually very good. Uh, Joseph Martinez, and they have, like, probably like the best offense in the MLS. Uh, they have um, Almarone. Um, you know, who else am I forgetting? Um, Barco. Yeah, Barco, who like they broke like the MLS record for. Um, so considering that you didn't look good, you didn't look good against Philly, I didn't have much hope. But DC United wins 3-1. Um, I was actually, the funny thing, I was actually by the stadium, but I wasn't like, I, I was doing something else. Uh, I was well, I was like at a brewery with some friends who ha- which happened to be really by, like by the Navy Yard. If you guys aren't from DC, like uh, where Nationals Park is is like right down the street from where the new soccer stadium is, and it's like all in this like same area that they built up. So I was around there, and I was like, we we're outside. I was like trying to talk to my friends, but also trying to like watch the game through like a little crack in the window. Um, 
But yeah, we got it done. One three one. Of course, uh, Lucho Acosta, uh, I, who I stand, of course, um, was um, scored two goals again. Wayne Rooney got an assist and two goals, or assist and one goal, or did he get two assists? I think he got both assists. So, well, yeah, and he scored a penalty. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I don't know why we can't beat the Red Bulls. Uh, I guess we Philly too, but we have we we have looked good against <clears throat> decent competition, pretty good competition. I don't know why we can't get over the hump with with the with New Jersey. I don't understand. So what I'll say about the loss against Philly is that team um, D- that DC United put out looked gassed almost from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, well, they played like a shit ton of games because of the new stadium. Yeah. So they, they played um, on August twenty sixth. They played the Red Bulls, and then the 29th, they played the Union. So they only had two days rest. And uh, that's just not a whole lot of time. Um, they had a whole extra day, or a whole extra, yeah, a whole extra day rest in between the Union game and the Atlanta United game. I think that definitely showed um, for United. Uh, I think that that extra day's rest really made a difference. Um, and again, I mean, the Union are a good team. They are overperforming this year for sure. So, I always knew this could be a tough game. Um, but uh, against Atlanta United, with their backs to the wall, DC United, you know, they basically had that was a must win game. Uh, it's maybe the best team in the league. Uh, yeah, they were at home. Um, and they showed something. They uh, Wayne Rooney <laughs> was practically, you know, maybe, uh, I don't, he wasn't the best player on the on the field for United, that was got to be Acosta, but he was instrumental in that win. Um, ever since that he showed up, I was I've been a doubter since he arrived, but he is totally proven me wrong up to this point. Yeah, I totally agree um, with you. Yeah, um, he's made Acosta a better player. I would say, um, I think it's helped Acosta that he is not like the guy anymore. Um, He's got somebody else who is sort of the focal point of everybody's attention. Um, I think that's freed him up to play uh, more freely. Um, and it's showed he's, he's really benefited from Wayne Rooney being on the team. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think, like, him just having, I think having, like, the co like, having one of the greatest players of one of the, of, like, the most famous, like, franchises co-sign you and say, you, you're good. You're the next one. Like I feel like that's got to give you so much confidence going in there, and that you have you do have less player pressure because you're not the, the star. I mean you 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 play like a star, but you're not necessarily having that pressure of being the star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so let's see. Next weekend they play NYCFC, who have uh, kind of been struggling recently. Um, that's games on the road. It's like their last road game for like two months or something insane. Yeah. I think. Um, so if they get, hopefully they'll get a win there. Uh, I hope they at least get a, get a point there, you know, cause they have really, they have kind of struggled on the road. They've been great in Audi field. I think they've only lost like two games so far, um, against New York and against, um, I forgot the, tr- sorry, New Jersey. I forgot to troll the Red Bulls and. We have any Red Bull fans listening? Um, and Philly, so they've looked really good. Um, 
um, yeah. at home. Uh, yeah, this will be uh, DC United's chance to get their second road win of the season. Their first win against San Jose, <laughs> the absolute worst team in the league. But right, yeah, that's the margin. one. So, so the tough test. If we get a point out of that game, um, what's the next home game? Is the next home game against Minnesota? Yeah, we got Minnesota. Okay. And then the Red Bulls again. Okay. Yeah. So, if we can get a point there, I think we'll be in good shape. Uh, we're we're six points out of a, um out of a playoff spot. We're in seventh now, right? There's top six for yep. not, for people who aren't MLS followers. Uh, the top six get in the playoff. We're right below that line. We just need. Little luck, and then keep playing the way we're playing. I think we can get that playoff spot. At least get into the playoff, the um, play-in game. Um, so let's hope that yeah, it works. Um, do you want to give your thoughts on uh, Audi Field real quick, and then we can we can move on. Um, on Audi Field, yeah. Uh, I guess it's been. Uh, have we? T- I guess we haven't had a podcast since uh, we've been to the game. Well, I talked about it all, like uh, I talked about it on the other one, but I I wanted to get your well the thing I was just like talking to Greg and Greg was just looking at me like oh okay uh, I don't know anything you're talking about so I, <laughs> so go ahead and give your thoughts yeah I've been to I've been to two games at Audi Field so far I've been to uh, the game against Orlando City and the game against the Revolution so I'm two and zero at Audi Field uh, which all is right cool. good luck uh, Brian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, it's really nice. Obviously, it's great to have your own home that's uh, yours permanently and built for you. It's a uh, really great atmosphere. The supporter section is really awesome. They really uh, kind of make the experience, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's not. It's definitely. It needs to get broken in a little bit. Still got that new stadium smell. It's a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's still kinks to work out, but uh, there's not a bad seat in the house. Um, and it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing the Washington Nationals DC United doubleheader one of these days. I don't know if that's going to happen this year, but I'm definitely going to make it happen. Yeah, I think they. I'm. I'm sure they'll do it eventually, but I think this year they're trying to avoid having the games on the same day. Or, or at least like not, or at least far enough apart where you know you don't have both traffic and stuff like that. Especially with the metro, because they share the same metro station. Yeah, they share the same metro station. Um, yeah, but it's really just it's just cool to have your own place. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, we uh, when we went to the game, we were sitting like right next to the supporter section. It was definitely good. I, I mentioned this on the. Um, on the, um, the, I mentioned it on the other podcast, but um, you know, it was good that we went on um, a little after it opened because they kind of got a little bit of the kinks out. I think we talked about like how the something fell on a, a reporter and how the supporters groups were kind of like fighting with the team and stuff like that, and they they seemed to figure it out. And the atmosphere was like really really cool. Uh, we were sitting right next to the supporter section. We're close enough. To see the beer get flung, but not get any beer on us, which I think is the perfect, perfect distance. Oh, you know, um, something stadium related. Uh, they got their first sellout against Atlanta United, or against, at the at Audi Field against Atlanta United. There, I think there were a lot of Atlanta expats here because I saw 
maybe they travel for the game, but I saw a lot of like Braves hats when I was like walking around like a little after everybody got out of the stadium. I saw a lot of like Atlanta United jerseys, which is awkward because I'm a DC United fan and a Braves fan. But <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I saw I saw a lot of. I'm not surprised that that's, that seems like a good. That seems like like anytime the Braves come to DC for like a Nationals game, it's always sold out because it's just like half of the the standard Braves fan. I'm sure it's the same. You're a Phillies fan, so I'm sure it's the same for like Phillies games too. Um, it, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that probably had something to do with it, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good on them. Um, hopefully, uh, we got to figure out. I'm trying to go to the Red Bull game. I'll, I'll, I'll get in contact with you off podcast about that. I need to figure figure that out, what I'm doing that weekend. But I'll let you know about that. But we can move on to the Champions League. The draw came out on Thursday, last Thursday, right? Yeah, th- Thursday. Thursday, uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, it's looking good. The first three groups, A through C, are absolute fire. Five fire emojis, uh, hundred whatever emoji you want to put on it. Uh, they look great. These are some. There's some really good matches in just the first three groups. Then Group yeah. D does not stand for Group of Death. Uh, maybe like Group of Disappointment. Uh, <laughs> that one sucks. And then Group H is probably is pretty good too. Um, yeah, it looks like there's going to be some good matchups in this. Is there a group in particular that you're excited to see? Let's see. Um, yeah, I think everybody is kind of pointing out Group C as uh, particularly good um, with uh, Liverpool, PSG, and Napoli. Yeah, let's see what other. I think um, the Barcelona Group B with Barcelona, Tottenham, and Inter has potential to be interesting. Um, those, are, those are probably the two that I'm most excited to watch. Uh, the first match day actually has Liverpool at PSG, or I can't remember for who's away and who's at home, but it's Liverpool and PSG on literally like the first match day, so that's going to be obviously pretty much appointment viewing. Right. Um, but uh, my hot my hot take on the Champions League group stage is it's mostly pretty predictable. Uh, I think you can probably pick the top two for the group for most of the groups relatively easily. Maybe you might get the winner and runner up flipped, but a lot of the groups I think there's definitely like a clear top two teams. Um, or at least a top one. Um, I'm thinking I'm a... of Group E and Group F in particular with Manchester City. Right. Have a pretty good draw, pretty easy draw in my opinion. Bayern Munich has a pretty easy draw as well, I think. Um, and then Group G with Roma and Real Madrid, I think are heads and tails above, heads and shoulders above the other two teams in their group. Um, I actually think Group D... Well, like, the winner is not going to come out of that group. I think any of those teams could probably potentially make it through. Um, yeah, you could really uh, just guess, and you, you got a shot. I um, The partisan in me wants Schalke to get through just to see Weston McKinney in the Champions League groups, or knockout stages. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, although, I must confess, I didn't actually pick them to make it through. I picked uh, them to go 
in third, but okay. I'm still, I'm still hoping. <laughs> yeah. My heart says I want him in, but my head says they're not gonna do it. But well, I'm um I'm glad you um you said the thing about the predictability because a friend of a friend of friend of the podcast Sean asked, um, who do you think is um a surprise? Uh, uh, what would be like a surprise pick or underdog to make a run? Maybe like a Roma last year who are not like a bad team, obviously. Uh, but you know, we're people were surprised that they made it all the way to the semifinal. They made that huge comeback against Barcelona. Is there a team that you see in the group stage that could maybe make a run like that? Um, let's see. That we're not expecting. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think maybe. Uh, well, mm. Maybe Galatasaray is like uh, the, that kind of thing, or Shakhtar. Yeah, um, those those teams, teams they're from leagues that aren't right. you know top five leagues, but they're both really good teams. And they usually always make good run. They usually make it out of the group their groups a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I think this year Tottenham could go pretty deep. Well, I have. I have uh, something to say. Well, I will say it now. Um, yeah, I think Tottenham is just Arsenal because I think they always find a way to get out of the group, and they all lose in the round of sixteen. I, I, I that's, I just gotta be real. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm biased, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't. They do have the roster to make a deep run, but I don't think that they. I don't think that they will. Just based on kind of predictability, they usually. They really should have beat Juventus last year and found a way to fuck that up. So um, they always find a way to mess it up. So we'll, we'll see. Here, why don't, why don't we reverse it? Which team that is, you know, a big team, a major team, do you think will miss out, will kind of screw up? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'll say... Although we'll talk about the Premier League, I think I'll say um, Man United looks good now, but I think if they're so volatile that they can look great one week and not great the next week, I think if it goes wrong and Mourinho goes another rant, I think they could be disastrous for them. So if I had to pick someone who kind of would be the meme team who gets like eliminated way before they should, doesn't get out of the group, I'd say Man United. I think that's a good pick. I think I like that pick. For sure, I think uh, Juventus is definitely better than them. Um, I think they could get tripped up by Valencia quite easily, especially if there's dissension in the ranks. And don't forget about young boys. Sean also <laughs> loves. Sean's not a big soccer fan, but he he loves the name. He loves the team name Young Boys. He wanted me to mention <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, Young Boys. Uh, <laughs> um, we can get into. Our, we can go go ahead and get into our picks. Um, start with Group A. I don't, you can start if you want. You can go ahead and uh, we'll just go you, me, and then we'll just do it that way. All right, let's do it. All right, Group A. I've got Atletico Madrid as the group winner and Borussia Dortmund as the runner-up. Yes, the team that we are vicariously through this podcast living through. Um, shout out to Juan Diego. Um, yeah, I, I got the same. Uh, they're you know they are struggling in the league. I'll I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more about that later. But they are struggling in the league a little bit. But I think, like, I think Champions League is their goal 
more than the league. I think they want to win both, but I think they really want to win Champions League, and they get the final at home. So I, I think they're probably going to put all their, I would say all their effort, but you know, I think the competition that they want to win the most, and they do have a decent shot of making a deep, deep run, is probably the Champions League. So I think that they will be pretty good in uh, the league. And Juan Diego talked about like his feelings on the group. Uh, he messaged me and said, you know, he feels pretty good about it. The way that a lot of the teams in the group play play kind of into Atletico, Atletico fan, hands, um, they play more offensive, and of course, you know, um, Atleti is a very well is very happy to sit back and let the ball come to them and and attack on the counter. So uh, he's pretty confident, um, but he also was very confident at the beginning of La Liga, and now he's like freaking out. So I don't know. <laughs> Still early. Yeah, yeah. Still really early. Yes, but um, the listeners of this podcast know, and you definitely know, he is not exactly the most um, rational person when it comes to his favorite football club. <laughs> Neither am I, to be fair. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we have our same on that. Um, uh, you want to do Group B? All right, Group B, I've got Barcelona winning the group with Tottenham as runner-up. Uh, yeah, I, I got the same. I think that, um, you know, Inter could sneak in maybe and uh, take the spot from Tottenham, but I think it's going to be Spurs. Um, I Like I said, I, they, I think they will make it to the round of 16, and everybody they'll probably beat Barcelona, and everyone will get super excited about it and be like, oh, my God, Spurs beat Barcelona like they did when they beat Real Madrid. Um, and then they're just going to lose in the round of 16 because they are just an arsenal in white. <laughs> Alright, so Group C, uh, I've got Liverpool winning the group, uh, PSG is runner-up, and Napoli missing out again. Um, I'll have, I'll say uh, PSG winning the group and Liverpool uh, gets second. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Group D, I've got Porto winning the group and Galatasaray is runner-up. Um, I'll say Porto and Schalke just because who really cares? These are just this group is just cannon fodder. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. So yeah, let's see Weston McKinney in the let's see let's hope we get like a Weston McKinney Christian Pulisic like knockout phase game like series between them. Yeah. That'd, that'd be fun. That would be cool. That My pick is cool. more for fun, not like intelligent soccer analysis. Alright, you wanna take group B first? Uh, yeah, um Byron and Benfica. <laughs> so yeah, Byron definitely gonna win the group. Um I mean maybe you could talk me into IX, but I I think Benfica makes it around sixteen. I've got Benfica as runner up as well. Sorry, IX. This is the first year they've had two Dutch teams in the group stage in like practically a decade and I have them both going out, so sorry Dutch teams. Oh well. More time. Well, that'll give them a chance to like ruin Arsenal's chance to win the Europa League. <laughs> um, All right. Oh, Group F. Um, I have um, Man City winning and um, Shakhtar Donetsk uh, being the runner-up. Um, again, I can you can make a, I you can make an argument for Lyon. I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I think Choctaw and Galatasaray, even though I didn't pick them to get out of the group this time, usually one of those teams are in the knockout rounds. Like, 
team that's like, who, what league do they even play in? One of those kind of teams. Um, and usually, they're usually, one of those teams usually make it, so I think it'll be Shakhtar this time. Yeah, I have Shakhtar making it through as well. They actually, they make it, they made it out of the, uh, the rap, the group stage last year. Yeah, I mean, because usually, like, a Turkish team, or where does Shakhtar play? Like, Ukraine, right? Yeah. Yeah, usually, like, a team from, like, Turkey, usually Galatasaray, because they always win, like, the, the Turkish League, or, like, Shakhtar, usually one of those teams are, like, in the round of 16. They always find a way to, like, make it. I don't know if it's, maybe they're underestimating the team, because they always have, they get a lot of good players on loan. Like, I feel like a lot of good players from, like, Germany or, like, you know, the top five leagues, like, will send them on loan to there, or they buy a lot of players from there. So there's they definitely have a lot of talent there, uh, even though they're not necessarily playing in, like, a top league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of Brazilians on Shakhtar. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> that must be a very – that must be a crazy adjustment going from Brazil to the Ukraine. Definitely, definitely a change in weather. Yeah. Um, group G, um, I got Real Madrid winning the group. Um, they look really good in the La Liga. I think a little, maybe a little, they started off a lot better than I think I thought they would. Uh, but their schedule hasn't been too hard. But I think they're going to win the group. And then Roma, um, I think they, they are the runner-up. Yeah, yep, I agree with you there completely. I've got those two teams making it through. Um, and then the last group is Group H. Um, I got Juventus, um, and uh, I will say Man United, but um, you could really, I really want to say Valencia, but uh, my official pick is Man United. Uh, uh, of course, the big story is uh, of the round is that um, Ronaldo goes back to Manchester, goes back to Manchester United or Old Trafford. And Juventus, I mean, and um, Paul Pogba goes back to Juventus for I think the is that the first time that they played each other? Yeah, he goes back to uh, Juventus. So those would be some interesting games. Um, there's a lot of interesting storylines in the in the first round and the oh, and just in the group stage. Um, it's good to have the Champions League back. It's really like the best competition in the world. It is, no doubt. Um, at all right, least go- the knockout stages. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a hater. Oh, um, so our, our official—I'm uh, gonna make it an official podcast. Go Atletico, make a deep run. Do do it for the podcast. Come on, I'm sure they listen to this. Um, all right, you want to talk about the not Premier League? Yeah, all right. Let's I'm just do gonna, it. I'm gonna be really shitty about like leagues that aren't Premier League to get Juan Diego to come back on the podcast. Is like, oh, you. Were, just like be really shitty about La Liga, so it's like, oh, if you want to like talk about it, like you got to come on the podcast. I'm like, just gonna do like a wrestling promo, so he'll come back on. Um, but yeah, we could talk about a little bit La Liga. Um, so Real Madrid, I mentioned before, looks uh, pretty good, um, considering like Bale and Benzema are like on fire. And I know a lot of the talk when they got rid of, uh, well, they got rid of, but they sold Ronaldo was that, oh, who's going to replace Ronaldo? And they didn't really sign anyone, and, you know, it was Hazard and, you know, long list of rumors and all that. They did get Courtois, who I don't think has even played yet. But, he uh, hasn't. Yeah, which is uh, – well, they didn't get paid him that much money for him. Um, but still. Uh, but, like, Benzema and Bale have, like, been on fire. They've been uh, – Benzema scored 
two goals. They won four one. I forget who they played, but they won four one. Benzema scored two goals. Bale scored one. Um, I guess I, I I you kind of forget. I mean, every I guess when things don't revolve around one player, you really have to show your quality, and they really have in these first games. They haven't exactly had the hardest schedule of the kind of top three teams. I think Aleti has the toughest schedule because they did play Valencia with their first game. Um, but, um, yeah, Real Madrid looks surprisingly good, and Ronaldo looks um, surprisingly average. He hasn't really done anything, or at least hasn't scored and at Juventus yet, it, which is scary for Italian teams because, like, once he gets going, like, you might as well just not even play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not as surprised that, that Real Madrid has uh, played as well as they have as you are. Um, I mean, they still had really good players on the team, like, uh, all the way through. You know, forget, oh, yeah, Tony Cruz and Casemiro, Luka Modric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> World Player <laughs> of the Year nominee, just Luka Modric, no big deal. <laughs> You're I like, mean, oh yeah, Karim bits a must. I didn't expect fun. them to be like in the relegation zone, but I didn't expect them to kind of. I expected them to be a little shaken. They did get a new manager, uh, Lopetegui, mm-hmm. um, and they do, and they lost their best player. So I assumed, I thought they would come out a little slow, but they've. It just seems like business as usual. So um, Barca looks really good too. Uh, they beat uh, Wesca, um, Juan Diego. Uh, make a comment. See how. How was my pronunciation of that? Uh, they beat them 8-2. to two. Obviously, a scoreline that is very triggering to an Arsenal fan. Um, but, yeah, they were, they they look really good. I think uh, – I picked Aleti to win the league, but they are really kind of – they've come out of the gate – they're the ones who have come out of the gate pretty slow. Uh, they lost 2 nothing. Who did they play? Let me – do you know who they played, or do I have to Google it? I don't know. Oh. Um – to uh, Celta, uh, Celta Vigo. Um, oh, okay. They lost 2 nothing to them. Uh, winnable game. Their opening game was at Valencia, which was tough. So they're like five points behind Real Madrid and Barcelona, which is not good uh, for the prospects, especially if, you know, uh, it look, I, I think I, if, I'm not going to change my pick. You know, I'm going to stand by it. But if I was not the, the man of honor I was, I would probably change it to Barcelona now. They look on fire. Um, yeah, I don't know um, how you how you feel about the uh, Barca or Atleti or whatever. Uh, well, I mean, it's still. I mean, they're only what three games into the season. Right, that is true. We have to put that out there. Yes, they they are. It is only. It's very early. Juan Diego. It is very early. You can calm down. Things gonna happen. Messi could you know have an accident. I think. Uh... <laughs> Talk to me in a month. We'll see. Here, how, here's 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 a little fun fact for you. Um, we're probably going to talk about Ronaldo having not scored yet for uh, Juventus. I, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about Ronaldo Jr. Four goals for his first debut <laughs> for Juventus. But Ronaldo did not score last year for Real Madrid in the league until October fourteenth. So, and he still scored what, like thirty goals or something insane or whatever it was. Yeah. Last year, so I'll just say, give the man time. Yeah, I mean, I know we're kind of bouncing around from like Syria to La Liga, but I think the thing about like 
Juventus has is has a hundred percent record. I think they've played three games or three three and three or three for three. I mean, um, and their player, their, their like record signing best player ever, isn't even playing that well. And uh, you have to assume that he's eventually, like you said, he didn't score till October for Real Madrid last year. Once he gets it going, like it's over <laughs> for anybody in in Syria and. And Serie A did a lot of business. A lot of teams like AC Milan made a lot of signings. Inter made signings. You know, Roma made signings. So these teams, it's not like these teams are just sitting back, just waiting for, you know, playing scared or not signing anyone. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Juventus already stacked. They didn't really need Ronaldo, especially to win Serie A. They needed him maybe to win the Champions League, but not for to win the league. So it's gonna be. It's been that league has been fun to watch though. Um, but I think yeah, I think you're gonna see a eighth Cadetto in Turin. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think uh, this not to get back to Real Madrid real quick, but uh, I think this Real Madrid team is more focused on the league this year than they will have been in the past. I think they got off to a slow start last year. Part of that may have had something to do with Ronaldo not scoring, um, but. Uh, they, I think they felt. I felt like they kind of threw in the towel for La Liga last year fairly early, and focused mostly on the Champions League. But I think this year, I feel, I think it is like they're way more focused on uh, La Liga. Um, winning four Champions Leagues in five years will do that. Yes, it will. Uh, and I, the them playing not well in La Liga almost destroyed the team. So I think they're going to put a little more focus on that. Um, you know, obviously Real Madrid fans have very high expectations, but I mean, you gotta be a little satisfied with three in a row, right? Um, three Champions League in a row, I should say. Um, but let's get into some real football. Just a, I'm, I'm fan of flames. I gotta get Juan Diego back on the podcast somehow. It's real football. Let's talk about the Premier League. Oh, hold on. Before I, I just wanted to okay, shout out one last European thing. Um... It was in Syria. It was Sampdoria against Napoli. I don't know if you saw this goal, but it was uh, Sampdoria whooped Napoli. By the way. Oh yeah, that was um, a bit of bit of an upset. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I heard. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. Fabio Quagliarella, I think, like you know, the old guy who scored this is just ridiculous back heel volley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, uh, you just gotta check it out. It's really awesome. All right, that's your YouTube recommendation of the day. That's my YouTube recommendation for the day. All right, yeah. cool, cool. Well, check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, all right, so pre- Premier League time. Let's do it. Or was aka Greg's not here, so I can one talk shit about Chelsea and two just talk about Arsenal for like three hours. Let's do it. So you you don't know what you got into. Um, but yeah, um, Premier League. I think the the. The story of the weekend or of the week has been the 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 top six teams, the teams that are really can compete for a title, didn't really look that great. Um, you know, they, a lot of them won. Uh, Tottenham lost. They lost to Watford, who are actually one of the teams that have not lost yet in um, the Premier League. Um, four and four. That's right. Um, you know, Arsenal all the way, man. Arsenal and Chelsea won, but didn't look great winning. Uh, Chelsea looked a little better than. Uh, well, I, I guess it's yeah. Chelsea looked better than Arsenal did. Um, they won two nothing. Arsenal won three two against Cardiff, and Chelsea beat um, uh, Bournemouth. Uh, and then Man City won two one against Newcastle. Uh, 
DeAndre Yedlin scored. Yay, America. Um, and, um, yeah, um, I don't know what are your feelings in the Premier League. Um, Let's see. Uh, Liverpool, I felt, looked pretty good again. Um, they seem like they're playing the best football of any team right now. Um, still early, though, obviously. Uh, Manchester United got a big win. I think for them. Oh uh, yeah, the, well, I yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, the only team that really looked good, ironically, that we didn't do a show for the uh, during the Mourinho rant. Uh, unfortunately, uh, respect, respect. If you <laughs> haven't seen that video, definitely watch it. That's my YouTube recommendation of the day. Um, but yeah, they they basically uh, it was basically Mourinho out. Now it's like uh, Manchester United's gonna win the league. So. Um, they look good. They beat um, Burnley. Burnley has been kind of screwed over by the Europa League. Uh, they they have all, they have injuries too. Um, they just kind of look like yeah. The worst thing that could happen to them is getting an extra competition. Then they. I don't think they made it through, did they? I don't think they're in the group stage. Oh, I'm not sure, but that's if they didn't, that's the best thing for them. I'm you pretty need, sure they lost. Yeah. So I think I think that is good for them. That, to be yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good thing for them. The less games they have to play, the better. Yeah, frankly, the Europa League is a dumb tournament that shouldn't exist, but that's all another. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you, um, but wait until our wait until we have to talk about the League Cup or whatever sponsor it's called now. I have a real <laughs> rant about that. That one should really shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. But back to Manchester United, yeah. uh, Lukaku two good goal or well two goals. Um, Paul Pogba missed a penalty. Um, oh. Youngman's son for Tottenham. He won the Asian Asian tournament. Asian Asian. Cup, it's like an Asian game. I guess it's like whatever. The like Asian games. Their version of the their Olympics or whatever. Um, so that means he miss. He doesn't have to. He get, he gets uh, like a special dispensation to like not serve for two years in the South Korean military. Yeah, because so playing in the Premier League wasn't career. enough. Playing in the Premier League wasn't good enough. You have to win this like. Meaningless tournament for us to give you an exemption. So that's good news for Tottenham. Yeah, very um, good news. Um, that was like Tottenham's big win. <laughs> it's also, week. it's also, yeah, it's also very good news for um, I don't know, Korean football, considering like he's the best player that's come out of Korea in like years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so there are. I I don't. I think this is BS, but. There have been a lot of Leicester talk with Watford. Uh, I have a stat here. Um, when no uh, The year before, Leicester won the Premier League. They had 41 points, 11 wins, 8 draws, and 19 losses. Same with uh, with Watford last year. I'm not going to ask you – I'm not going to be dumb, and I'm not going to ask you if Watford can win the league because I don't think they can. But what is their ceiling? Uh, I think it's hard to see them – um, I mean, I think the ceiling for any team not named or not in the top six is probably seven. I just really can't see that top six. Um, I don't know if I need to go through them, but I will. Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester Chester City, Manchester United, Tottenham, and Arsenal. I think in some formation, the, those six teams are going to be the top six. Um, and everybody else is kind of fighting for the remaining positions uh last year Burnley was the 
team to get that coveted seventh spot. Um, so I think probably seventh. Um, I could be wrong. Um, actually, I think if I had to pick a team or pick a couple of teams that somebody outside the top six is going to finish ahead of, it's going to be Arsenal and Manchester United. I think those are the two teams that of this top six are the weakest. Um, so, yeah, I would say Watford's ceiling is seven. Oh, yeah. That's right basically what I was going to say. I think that they're probably the Burnley of... Um, probably the Burnley of this year, kind of coming out of nowhere and maybe getting to Europe, which actually, getting into Europe might be the worst thing to happen to Watford. So maybe they want to finish 8th instead of 7th. <laughs> um, but we can wrap it up. I was going to talk a little bit about, uh, talk a little bit about Arsenal. Um, you could tune out if you want. Um, so, no, 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 let's go. Um, I have, I'm interested oh, you, in your Arsenal. You have thoughts? Um, yeah, so Arsenal, they won 3-2. Um, they've won two games in a row. Um, I watched the, the game against West Ham in Virginia Beach. Uh, my girlfriend's from there. I was down there with the Virginia Beach Gooners. Cool experience. It's like kind of a small bar, but like the people who were there were like really into it. So it was a cool group. There was one one a- asshole West Ham fan who was really annoying. Um, uh, he kept saying calling Hector Bellerin a shit Andy Carroll. And it's like they just both have long hair. They don't play the same position or play the same way at all it's it doesn't make any sense anyway and then he said like a weird race thing it was weird he was he was annoying but virginia beach gooners are cool uh i don't know if that guy's their friend (laughs) i'm sorry if you hear this but i don't like that guy and i don't like west ham fans enough i don't feel bad for them anyway back to the game against cardiff um What's the, here's what the thing I've been just yelling at anybody who's willing to listen or, who's, or not willing to listen. Start Lacazette and Aubameyang together. And look what happened. They both scored. And Lacazette was the best player on the pitch. So put them – you need to figure out a way to put – they have a beautiful friendship. I don't know if you follow them on Instagram. Uh, but clearly they have great chemistry together because they clearly like each other on and off the pitch. They play well together. Um Obama Yang is very pacey, so he can play like on the wing, and you know Lacazette is more of a traditional kind of forward hold-up player. So I just think they combo because a lot of people were saying Obama Yang uh, shouldn't play out wide because it's not necessarily his natural position. But it's like they every time oh, in the preseason Obama Yang and Lacazette played together, and every time Lacazette came in the game, they were really good offensively, really good at an attack. So. I just think sometimes you just got to find a way to put your best players on the field. And you also have to take Granite Xhaka off the field. He's, he's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have too much to add. I think, yes, definitely Aubameyang and Lacazette should be starting. Um, I think probably Torreira should be starting too. For, um, Very correct. But uh, I don't know uh, why. Do you want to manage Arsenal? Because... Uh, I don't know why Emery doesn't know this. I think uh, it was good to get the win against Cardiff, but Cardiff is not that good, and they had some pretty ugly defensive miscues. Yeah, the defense is bad. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you can really do about it till January. Because we have yeah. Koscielny's hurt, um, Kalashnik, I probably butchered his name, uh, uh, is hurt. So we don't really even have, in like, uh, Klaasernik isn't even really that good. But, you know, we don't really have depth on defense, so... Um, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a little rough defensively, but I think we're getting the off the attack right. We'll just work on the attack, and then we'll get we'll figure. Maybe we score five goals a game. We don't have to worry about defending. What about um? I'm curious your take on Petr Cech, the goalkeeper situation at Arsenal. Well, um, we signed. Sitting yeah, we signed Jared Leno. Leno. Yeah. I don't understand. I heard that he's. They just don't. Well, a couple weeks ago, I heard that he wasn't ready, which is like, like that's that's not discouraging. You paid all this money for. I don't know the exact money. You paid all this money for this goalkeeper, and he like he's not ready to start. Um, Czech is not good for. Czech isn't good in this. He's a good goalkeeper, but he's not good in the role that Emery wants him to play, where he's playing out from the back. He's not. He does not have like, ball dribbling skills at all. Um, so. I would rather see Leno at least. I don't. We play Newcastle next. Maybe we can have Leno at least for an experiment. See how he does. Maybe he's better on the ball. But yeah, I I think that I would. I if Leno isn't if Czech is still has still convinced Emery to start. There has to be something wrong with Leno that they're not seeing in training. Mm. Mm. My other um, question about Arsenal is the Mezet Ozil. Henrik Mkhitaryan thing, like, can those guys just not play on the field together? Or I know they kind of play similar roles, but uh, it doesn't seem like Unai Emery has found a way. Because I feel like both of them are better than Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, that hurts my heart, but yeah, I agree, I agree with you. I, I love Aaron Ramsey, but yeah, he, but he hasn't been good this year. I just can't figure out. Yeah, it's, you watch a lot more Arsenal than me. Um, I feel like there should be a way to fit Aubameyang, Lacazette, Ozil, and Mkhitaryan on the field. Maybe yeah, you would, you would hope so. I don't know. Maybe just um, maybe just the way that they play. Like they do, kind of need the ball to kind of operate. Maybe just mm -hmm. like there's not enough touches for both of them. But you would hope that they could figure out a way. You just want to figure out a way to get your best players on the pitch and like fit them in your system somehow. So hopefully you can figure that out, and I know like Ozil has had gone through a lot this year, you know, on and off the pitch. So I don't know. Uh, ho hopefully you know the schedule is easier. I don't really exactly know when we play another like top six team, but we play Newcastle next. So you gotta at least experiment with putting them on the field together um, to see how it how it works. Yeah, what are your, uh, just to wrap it up here off the Arsenal conversation, what is your take on Unai Emery so far? How has he done? Uh, I like his ideas. I don't necessarily, I really question a lot of his, like, um, his team picking. Uh, sometimes, like, he scratches in my head. I don't know. Jaka is not, Jaka's a good player. He's just not good in the role that Arsenal is forcing him to be in. Uh, he's, he needs, he was better when Torreira came in, and he had like some protection behind him where he can go forward. But he's not a good pure defensive midfielder. Um, but I like the idea. I like a pressing style. Uh, I like playing out of the back just in general. But I don't know if he necessarily has the personnel to play that style. But also at the same time, he hasn't. You got like you said. You said with Real with La Liga, it's been four games, you know, a month. So. Um, I'm still willing to give it time, but I, I definitely see problems with it. And some of the problems aren't necessarily his fault. It's just that he doesn't have very good defenders, and he really needs to figure out the defense. And it's kind of clear that 
with the new kind of more pressing system, it's kind of harder on the defenders. They it's it's a learning curve for them, so they have to get used to actually pressing. But um, I'm okay with Emery so far. I mean, I'm not Emery out yet. <laughs> I think he's fine. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at a personal schedule right now, and they don't really play anybody huge. They've got uh, Leicester City and the end of October, but they yeah. don't play anybody in the top six until they play Liverpool the first weekend of November. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have everything figured out by then. Hopefully, because it looks like you guys have a very tricky um, holiday period here, uh, or, or, or at least uh, December, you got the you've got the North London Derby and then Manchester United back to back Yeah. weekends you play Liverpool pretty soon afterward again um, Chelsea yeah so you've got a lot of tough games kind of not right away but in the next in like two months I think that's kind of where the Arsenal season is going to kind of really shake out yeah well Hopefully, um, we'll figure we'll we'll have our uh, sit, our situation figured out by then. Have hopefully be better defensively. But um, uh, that wraps it up. What I have to say, I don't know if you have anything else to say about any any soccer thing you want to bring up. Um, you know, forever say something or forever hold your peace. No man, I think we're good. All right, um, good show. I I you know what? I guess I always always say it's gonna be like. A little shorter, but, you know, I like talking about soccer. So we went longer than expected, but I think it was a good conversation. Um, anyway, uh, we are on um, iTunes. I, it was r- rough for a minute, but I figured it out. We're on iTunes. We should This podcast should be on iTunes as soon as I upload it. Um, Google Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher, all the major ones. Um, we have an Instagram, uh, Instagram uh, Kick Pod. Um, I'm on Instagram and everything my social is bcva500 Greg's I don't know his Instagram but his like SoundCloud is uh, gpnova soundcloud.com gpnova he's coming out with an album Brian if you want to like plug your socials you can if you want Uh, one of these days I'll actually get some social media presence I promise but uh, until then just uh, everybody should follow all the stuff you just mentioned alright yeah cool all right, guys, till next time, uh, happy in- international break. Um, have fun watching the friendlies, I guess. Hi, man. All right, Peace. bye. See ya.